Welcome to the Pause Purpose Play podcast with me, Michaela Thomas, clinical psychologist, couples therapist, and founder of The Thomas Connection. I help high-striving busy people let go of the pressure of perfection to create more joy, connection, and compassion in their lives. On this podcast, we promote balance of a burnout through giving you the permission to pause, the curiosity to find your purpose, and the courage to play. Welcome back to the Pause Purpose Play podcast with me, Michaela Thomas. This is the second of three episodes relating to one specific chapter in my book, The Lasting Connection. And we're going to talk about three specific threats to your connection in your relationship with your partner. In the previous episode, I talked about infidelity, what happens when we experience betrayal either if you are the participating partner or if you are the injured partner and how we can build compassion for each of you. In the next episode, we're going to talk a bit more about what happens if one of you or both of you experience mental or physical health concerns as part of your relationship and the strain that that can place on both of you. And in this one, in the middle episode, we're going to talk all about parenting which is probably one of the biggest things that I see in my couples therapy clinic, that people come to me on average six years after their first baby has been born. So they might come to me and have one or two or three children already. And when you look back at when these patterns of difficulty started, it's very often tracing it back to the birth of the first child. And the research is on my side with that one. It does take on average six years to seek help for therapy. And very often, it can be traced back to having had a child. Now, I don't want to scare you if you're listening to this and you do not yet have children and you worry that this is going to break your relationship. Or you're wondering, you know, should we just stay the two of us? I don't want to worry you if you are currently pregnant and about to become parents and going into this next chapter of your life. This is not meant to be doom and gloom. This is meant to help you look at the light and dark of life so that you can be prepared and that you can be aware of how common and realistic it is that this will place a strain on your connection. So you can make efforts to reconnect, make efforts to come back again when you will inevitably drift apart. And when I say drift apart, I don't mean that that's going to mean that you will start hating each other and you will regret marrying this person or regret having a child with this person. That can indeed happen. And in that case, you may need to have some more intensive couples therapy support or relationship counselling. But what I'm talking about here is just how this affects all of us when we become parents. The strains that are put on your relationship with your partner is inevitable. So I'm going to go through a few different things I commonly see with couples. So this is all coming from the chapter in my book, 21. If you haven't yet got the book, You can get it from any major bookseller like Amazon, Waterstones, Booktopia and places like that. You can also go to my website, thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash the lasting connection to read more about the book. Now let's dive into some of these things that put strain on your relationship. One of the biggest things that happen when you become parents is sleep deprivation. Now you might think, well, I'm going to get an angel baby or I'm going to do all of these things that will make the baby sleep through from six weeks. Well, you don't know what baby you're going to get. You don't know what temperament, personality, physical challenges your baby will have. 
for those of you who had that expectation or hope that you were just going to put your baby on a routine and then they would sleep and that reality hit and knowing that most newborns don't do that. Most newborns will struggle with their sleep all throughout infancy. It is normal for newborns to wake during the night for a feed, for reassurance, because they're in discomfort. This is normal. So although it's normal, it's really unpleasant, isn't it? It can drive you loopy. So there's a reason why sleep deprivation is used as a method of torture. It is just that difficult for your brain to cope when you haven't had enough sleep. And what would that mean for the couple's relationship then? Well, it means that you are going to be more likely to be irritable, frazzled, and tension will rise, and you might get really caught up in a competitive mindset. Where you're competing about who has done more, who's done more than wake-ups, whose turn is it to do the nappies, and drift away from a compassionate mindset, which is more focused on how can I help my partner get more sleep? And they're doing the same thing for me. How can we take turns resting, recovering, and feeling full up again? If you are sleep deprived, not only will it be harder for you to take your partner's perspective, you may also lack the energy to care about what they're going through. It's just that much harder to be compassionate when you're sleep deprived. So it's really important to remind yourself of how hard it is to function without sleep, to have realistic expectations for this life stage. Discussing how you can help each other and take turns to rest, being kinder to each other when exhausted, which is more about paying it forward than tit for tat. It's not about competing about who has done the most. It's about trying to find efforts and ways to be kind to each other and to yourselves. This is a phase where the pressure really is heavily weighing on you. There's so much expectation for you and your partner to cope with this new life change. Women have the expectation and pressure to bounce back, quote unquote, to get back into their pre-pregnancy body, to be able to host people coming to see the baby. And there's a lot of gender expectations here, traditional roles to have outdated stereotypes. Mother looks after baby, father earns the money, couples consist of woman and man. But in reality, so many different couple setups exist. You may be a trio rather than a duo. There might be you and your partner and an egg donor. It might be you on your own who's just longing to become a parent and you've gone ahead on your own as a single parent. There are so many setups to how we parent in modern society. So we have to be aware of that. That these factually incorrect stereotypes can be really damaging to your couple's relationship and put pressure on the individuals to conform to that stereotype. That can leave both of you depleted and your relationship really polarised. Families come in many different formats. Two mums, two dads, single parents, adoptive parents, a tree of a couple and a sperm donor or egg donor, or a surrogate. So compassionately discussing your family structure and what you want these roles to look like before you become parents can prepare you for stormy seas and threats to your connection as partners as you navigate your new life as parents. Because after bringing a child into the partnership, the partner who's been the secondary caregiver can get pushed further down the pecking order and may receive less love and affection than previously. 
there might be a mismatch in connection and a withdrawal and demand pattern might establish. So the person who's working might come home and want to reconnect with their partner, whereas the person caring for the child might want to be left alone, feeling touched out from constant demands from a baby or young child. This can mean feelings of rejection, creating deeper rifts between the couple. So if the rejected partner can understand the reasons why and support the caregiving partner through this phase, they can reconnect soon enough. Looking after a helpless infant is just hard, but so is being the sole breadwinner in a growing family. Both roles are challenging. A resentment can maybe not be avoided, but lessened by focusing more on collaboration than on competition. Showing appreciation and gratitude for what each partner brings to the table. An unfair amount of childcare falls to women who also tend to carry a heavier mental load which means that they're juggling household tasks and telling the other person what to do, rather than the other person taking the initiative. So even in heterosexual relationships where the man does his fair share, quote-unquote, of the household chores and parenting, the woman may still be mentally exhausted from delegating the tasks or giving reminders, often seen as nagging. Why are you telling me to do this? I've already promised you I would. But the woman carries the task in her head until the task has been done. And this can create vicious cycles stemming from the pervasive myth that men are less capable as caregivers. And so they step out of it. If the woman then keeps doing more of the childcare tasks, the male partner misses out on the parenting learning curve. And the myth becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. He doesn't know how to pack the school bag because he never packs the school bag. This is not an innate thing that women know how to do, how to pack a school bag. It comes with practice. On the other hand, the partner who is solely responsible for making an income for the family can feel immense pressure and risk burning out on the weight of that responsibility, being resentful about not getting enough sleep when having to get up for work. Looking after children is also work. So both partners need sleep. One partner rarely wins in the early days of parenthood. Both partners tend to struggle with the weight of parenthood, but in different ways it can be really difficult to communicate what they each need in those new roles. At this point in this chapter, I go through a checklist of how we can survive parenthood. Practical suggestions that helps reduce the risk of that ripple effect from the early days of parenthood becoming established for years to come. Because marital satisfaction does go down when we become parents, but it does go up again around school age. So just make sure that you put systems in place to protect your connection so they can take this extra strain. Like pulling on a rubber band. It can stretch, but if it's not been looked after, not been maintained, it will snap. So go to the book and read through these practical suggestions of what you can do together with your partner to protect your connection from the stormy seas of parenthood. You can order the book on thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash the lasting connection or on any major bookseller. And until I speak to you next time, please do look after yourself and your partner. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I know it's not easy when you feel busy and overwhelmed. 
to find time for another thing to do. If this is you, if you feel overwhelmed or that you are close to your breaking point, then I've got a downloadable checklist for you that's going to help. This checklist is called Calm the Overwhelm. The first section has signs and symptoms of you being overwhelmed mentally or physically, showing you that you might be close to breaking point or burning out. The second part is actionable, easy things you can do to try to slow down and give yourself a break. And the third part is a checklist of all the things that might show up when you're asking yourself to take a break. Perhaps your inner critical voice will have an opinion about why you're not allowed to give yourself the permission to pause. To download this free resource, go to www.thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash calm. So that's thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash calm. This episode of the Pause Purpose Play podcast was presented by me, Michaela Thomas. And you can find me on thethomasconnection.co.uk. And because great work rests on having a great team, this episode was kindly edited by Emily Crosby Media.